Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So I feel like having been in this industry for like 13 years, there's this natural sort of cyclical process that that's, that happens where it, it, inevitably things will be made, people will create apps, things will happen on the app store, and there'll be a controversy and things will spring up around those. And I've been through enough of these to know that getting too bogged down into the specifics of whatever the current one is, is not particularly helpful. And especially when those this specific situations event at a certain point end up just turning into like personal attacks and yelling, and that's not helpful for anybody. Uh, but often there is something to be learned from them. And so like I'm making vague reference to the recent question about sort of Wordle apps in the app store. So Wordle was a website that didn't have an app, and then some people decided they wanted to make apps uh, for it. And I don't think I want to get into the specifics of that, but I think it really, really is a general lesson that we can talk about and potentially learn from that I think is useful to jump into. And that is, it's like when you have an idea to make an app, um, should you? And that so easy, sometimes it's easy to focus on the could I, like, you know, it's the can I make something? Is it technically interesting or is there an engineering opportunity or things? And there's also the question, I think, that equally, or probably even in some ways more importantly, is understanding whether you should um, pursue an opportunity, whether that's something like this, where there's something, you know, sort of hip in the culture that you can feel like you can take advantage of. Uh, there's a new iOS version that introduces a new, a new framework or something or whatever idea it is that you have. You know, it's, there's always this question of like, should you pursue it? Because ultimately, you know, you have a limited amount of time to work. And so pursuing things that are ultimately going to end in frustration or disappointment or conflict are unlikely to be sort of wise choices for things to spend your time on. You want to spend your time, or at least this is based on my experience, spend your time on things that are not going to lead you to those paths. They're going to lead you with things that are, you know, create opportunities, create, um, you know, community or encouragement and are overall sort of like just end up, end up, end up with you in a happy place. Like I'm sure there is some, some business models and, and uh, developers who kind of are seeking out intentionally complicated and tricky and risky apps. And I'm sure there is a, some sort of money to be made there potentially, but it's such so high risk, so problematic in so many ways, I wouldn't recommend it. And so instead, it's like the thought that I came up with for like trying to learn from this is I want to boil down my recommendations. It's sort of like there's two questions and I think we'll unpack what they both mean in this episode. But the first question is like, is this idea actually available? And is it actually worthwhile? And if you have an idea that is both actually available and is actually worthwhile, it's probably worth doing. It's probably worth pursuing, or at least it's worth worth you know it's, it's sort of paying paying attention to. But if it isn't either of those, if it isn't actually available to you, or if it isn't actually worthwhile, probably don't. Probably the 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 downside is going to be far larger than the upside, um, and so best to sort of stay away. But before we dive into those questions, I was curious, Mark, like do you have sort of general takes on the direction I'm going? Yeah, I, I mean, in general, like, I mean, I've certainly been here a lot. Um, you know, I had the whole Peace Saga. I had yeah. the magazine. Uh, in both cases, uh, you know, I, I did something because I I thought I could, and I was interested in the, the technical side of it, but I didn't really think through or didn't know, like, hey, how am I going to feel 
if this actually becomes a thing. Like in the case of the magazine, it's like, do I want to run a magazine forever that's actually not doing that well? Um, and in the case of Peace, it's like, oh, crap, I am all of a sudden making a big splash in the ad blocking business. Do I really want to be making big splashes in the ad blocking business? Um, and and there's, you know, in both cases, it, it didn't really go the way I, I wanted it to. Um, and I and I stepped away from both of them in, in different ways because at the end of the day, I, I had done something without really thinking about like, should i do this and and or the related question of like what if this takes off or at least or what if it doesn't take off but i have to kind of maintain it forever or indefinitely and those are all major questions to ask yourself some of which we've covered before on the show uh and it's i think it's worth considering like you know it, it our entire job as indie developers um usually we are free to try a lot of experiments because usually we have, you know, it, those of us who are who are working at other jobs to to pay the bills, uh, or those of us who you know who have like our own companies or or our own projects that are already going, we're given a lot of freedom in our side projects to kind of do whatever we want, build something however we want, use a different language, use a different framework, uh, code things a certain way, or try you know try an experimental something or other because there's usually less pressure in those contexts. You know, at your day job or your main project or whatever your main source of income is, you're like you're told what to do or you're pressured on to do things a certain way just because that's where the money comes from. But then a side project or an indie project, you, you're kind of free to go in all sorts of different directions. And we often don't ask ourselves, should I be doing this? You know, usually it's more like, hey, I want to try this new framework. I'm going to make something right now using that new framework. Or I'm going to gut this whole section of the app and rewrite it in this new language because I want to, you know, rather than thinking like, is this something I should be doing? Or, you know, what's the next step? If I do this, and if I complete this, then what happens? Um, you know, or, you know, in the case of what happened with with Wordle and its clones over the last couple of weeks, like, you know, is, is the thing I'm doing a good idea if all of a sudden a lot of people see it? Like, if, if a lot of eyeballs fall into this all of a sudden, is that going to be a good thing? Or could that have negative uh, side effects? You know, and that's that's the kind of stuff that we don't usually ask ourselves nearly as often as we should. And I'm I'm as guilty of this as anyone. But it's it's definitely, you know, as I'm as I'm getting older and hopefully a little bit wiser as I go, I this is one of the kind of things where like th- I'm asking myself this kind of thing more often and usually to my benefit. Yeah. And I think there it's just the benefit of having that reluctance in it or skepticism maybe and 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 really interrogating what the end state you're hoping will happen is and what that would look like and what the implications of that fully are um it's rather than sort of the like if you're just sort of hoping for the best um there's a world where hoping for the best is good but in general hoping for the best is setting yourself up for pain in the future um rather than success um so I think the first thing to talk about is sort of the availability of an idea. And I think this is something that is just a useful thing to sort of interrogate for, you know, is what you're going to make available to be, to make? Like, is it something that you can reasonably and legally and ethically and morally and all those things feel like you can take ownership of? That you can make this thing and say that you own that thing and that you made that thing. Um, it's like, they feel like there's that internet meme of like someone who like makes something and someone else takes it and then says like, it's mine now. Um, and they made the thing. It's like, maybe not. Like that, that, that's not great. And I feel like availability, that, that is sort of, there's a couple of different ways that you can think about that. 
like the first question absolutely to ask is like, does this overlap with uh, other things that already exist? And this is, in some ways, you could call this just market research is understanding if you're trying to, like, if you're trying to meet a need, does the need exist? Do other things already serve this need or this industry or this niche or whatever it is that you're going after? Like, what does the existing landscape um, look like there? And that's useful from a marketing perspective in terms of understanding, you know, what your competitors are. But also it's useful, I think, to make sure you understand that is there something in this space that you are going to be copying too much with your idea, your implementation, your marketing, your branding, whatever it is. Is there something else that exists that um, is going to catch you up? And if you don't take the time to look around and understand what already exists, you're not going to be able to sort of answer the next kind of questions. And I think the next ones become like... This, this sort of hierarchy of, um, is it legal to make this thing that I want to make? You know, is it actually available legally? And this is usually getting into things like trademarks, copyrights, patents. Um, are there legal protections that would prevent you from doing something? And I think in general, I'll, you know, it's like trademarks are probably the easiest place to start. That it's like, if you're trying to brand something with the same name as something else that already has that name as its brand, you're starting off in a legally questionable place. And so it's like starting off with the just like, am, am I going to be infringing on someone else's trademarks, patents, copyright, um, if I go down this? And then sort of the next level of legal, which is a bit, I think, specific to in some ways at like working in the app store is, is this going to pass app review, which is a certain kind of legality. It's not legality in the sense of, you know, the go- a government of a sovereign nation. It's legal in the sense of, is Apple going to make a fuss about this? Is this going to be compliant with the app, app, app store guidelines? And obviously there's a, there's an intersection between real legal and app store legal. Um, <laughs> in terms of app, Apple is trying to, there's certain rules that overlap there that Apple is trying to enforce the law, um, of the countries in which they operate. And then and there's just things that Apple cares about or that they're, they're focused on and then things that you have to do to be compliant there that are sort of distinct from that. Um, but a good place to start is just understand what the, sort of, what, what the competitive landscape is and then check if it meets those things. Like don't – like anytime you're going you're gonna to launch an app with it, before you like go into App Store or Connect and type in the name, go and do a trademark search in a bunch of places and make sure that it doesn't exist or even Google search that name in as, in as many places, you know, in context as you can and make sure that there's not something that you're not aware of because it doesn't overlap with you, but there's going to cause trouble down the road because that's just the nature of naming is that even if it isn't exactly in the same industry, you might sort of be able to get away with trademarky stuff potentially, but it's like you're setting yourself up for a fight if you're uh, naming yourself something that it already exists somewhere else in the world. There's not a lot of absolute showstoppers for a new idea or or a new app for me, but if there is some kind of clear trademark conflict or even likely partial trademark conflict, I will not proceed until I get a name that is clear. And trademark is easy, you know. Trademark you know, trademarks cover names; they don't cover ideas, they don't cover icons, they are sort of, but they they cover mostly names, and so. It's very, very easy to avoid a trademark problem. Just find a name that doesn't conflict. And as you said, a trademark search, they're easy. They're free, USPTO.gov. And Google even has a pretty good one. Like there's Google the name, search for the trademark on USPTO, and just make sure there are no direct or nearby trademark conflicts to what you're doing. Um, So that's easy, easy to avoid. Even if you totally clone someone else's app, I'll get to that in a minute, but even if you totally clone someone else's app, at least have the courtesy to not infringe upon their trademark. It's very, very easy not to. Um, And so, and as for other IP searches, like 
copyright is pretty easy not to infringe upon don't copy someone else's icon like that's that's basically like your biggest risk as an app developer like if you have an exact copy of their icon that's illegal however uh if you you know have a a similar concept that's generally okay like a similar concept but like you or someone you hired drew an original you know drawing of it that is not exactly the same looking and doesn't look like an obvious derivative of the other one then you're generally okay with copyright patents i would suggest never look because the world of software patents is so toxic and dysfunctional and has a lot of risks and stuff that you don't even realize it is generally best don't even bother looking if you if your app is infringed upon somebody's patents because a you probably won't find it uh, because patents are written in such a way to be intentionally obtuse and broad and vague uh, to avoid people finding out whether they're infringing so that way the trolls can come up later and attack you um, so it's really it's, it's a terrible world don't think just don't even worry for god's sakes don't file patents because uh, that you're either a jerk or a fool if you file patents but uh yeah just don't stay away from that world entirely and you generally you'll be all right um so other than that then you get two things like you know yeah, you mentioned the legality things. Uh, you know, Apple can pretty clearly enforce things like icon copyright, and they can clearly enforce trademark if you have a trademark filed as a trademark owner. Um, if you don't have a trademark filed, uh, it's harder for apps for the App Store um, like dispute process to enforce things for you. This is one of the reasons why I think if you have the means to file a trademark on your app name. I strongly suggest you do so. Um, it's not that hard. It it costs. I, I mean, maybe between like one and two thousand dollars for most of the time. It, it depends on like the lawyer you hire to do it. But um, it is something that I, I strongly recommend getting a trademark if you can. Um, that also protects you from other companies saying, "Hey, you might be infringing upon our trademark because if you got USPTO to grant you one, that is a pretty good sign that your use of it is considered valid." Um, so anyway. All that stuff aside, so should you should you make your app? Um, and then I think let's let's talk about the uh, moral and ethical part. But in a minute, uh, first we have to talk about our sponsor. It is Doppler. Thousands of companies from startups to enterprises use Doppler to keep their secrets and app configuration in sync across devices, environments, and team members. So you can say goodbye to those .env files. The scary days of sharing secrets over Slack, email, Git, zip files these days are over. After adding a secret using Doppler, your team and their apps have it instantly, and you can create references to frequently used secrets in Doppler. When they need to change, you only need to update them once in that one place. So you can go live in minutes, not months. As your stack evolves, Doppler remains simple. Go now to Doppler.com to learn more. That's Doppler, D-O-P-P-L-E-R, Doppler.com to learn more. Our thanks to Doppler for their support of this show and Relay FM. Yeah, I feel like the the moral and ethical aspect of this is obviously, I think, where you start to get into things that become sort of inherently more gray than the legal side of things. That if someone has a trademark for something, you make something that has the same name, that's illegal, and that's pretty straightforward. Moral and ethical is obviously going to be something that varies from person to person. And obviously, imagine you and I have... I think based on our experience, I think we have sort of over, strongly overlapping views on something like this. But even there, they're probably going to be, be somewhat different. But the reality is, the first question is, it's making sure that you, what you're doing is consistent with your views on this, that you are interrogating those feelings and the realities of this, and that you're doing something that you're going to ultimately feel good about 
in the in the in the future if you put this out into the world and it's successful and gets attention and is that you know is the attention it gets going to be something that you feel comfortable with defending and being a position that you are comfortable with and i feel like for me in terms of is it available is this overlapping other things that people are doing a lot of it is from a moral and ethical reason for me is it's like is what i'm doing trying to take away from someone else like or is it is it sort of running parallel or is it sort of subtractive to someone else and as soon as it becomes subtractive to someone else that i'm trying to take something that someone else has done and sort of take, you know sort of take it for my for my own it starts to feel not so great it starts to feel like you're stealing and stealing is a complicated word for something like this you know it's intellectual property it doesn't physically exist but it still can have financial impacts like but whatever you want however you want to sort of phrase it with what with whatever words you want to use there's that sense of is this additive to the world or is or is this subtractive to someone else am i just trying to clone and copy what's what someone else has done and you know confuse people into thinking my thing is their thing or you know taking something away from someone or is it i have a remix on that that i think is interesting and additive and meaningfully different than the source material because the reality is, is there's always going to be some amount of combination of things that exist previously to whatever it is you're doing. That is just the nature of creative work, that you are building on past influences and hopefully building on them in a way that is constructive and additive and you know creating your own new thing that someone else could be inspired by in the future. And the more you're going down that way, this, the think the stronger ground you are on sort of morally and ethically it's like when you were made overcast they exi- there existed dozens of other podcast players there ex- they in within each of those probably every feature and function in overcast in some form to some degree exists and you are combining them and you're do- adding more to them and you're implementing them in a way that is additive and creative and i think overcast did a great job of that of not just being you know just like one other podcast player but you could have gone down a road very much sort of different to that where it became felt much more just straight derivative a copy taking taking someone else's work and passing it off as your own and that's where for me it would start to feel like hmm this doesn't feel very moral or ethical to do yeah i think the the key differentiator for me whether whether something is like you know a rip off bad copy or whether something is like a good new concept and remix or whatever is how much are you drawing inspiration from just one other app sure you know if your entire app is quote inspired only by one other app that's going to be uncomfortable if if it looks like your app is basically just that app or a copy of that app or something that is trying to be a copy of that app you're probably not in a good spot whereas if you're taking diverse influences from lots of different places and combining those in a new way where they ha- that they have not been clearly combined in before at whether you're you know and hopefully you're adding some of your own stuff to it as well but just if you have a a diverse selection of inspiration sources if it's multiple things being combined or showing influence you're generally okay that's the big thing if it's all just like so you know in the case of wordle like if your app looks like wordle (laughs) like exactly like wordle and pretty much nothing else then you're in a bad spot whereas if you just make a word game that has a similar mechanic but maybe introduces other things to it and isn't called wordle (laughs) you know maybe it's called wordsmith who knows like if you're if you're making some other kind of you know something that is in the ballpark 
but doesn't try to be Wordle and isn't trying to trick people into thinking it is the official Wordle app, then you're generally safe. You know, if you're drawing multiple inspiration sources and not trying to confuse people into thinking it is that other app, that's a good place to be. And that's totally fine. And, and there's nothing wrong. Like, you know, occasionally I steal features from people because they do them and they're really good. And it's like, okay, you know what? I, I, I have to do that feature now. My customers are now demanding that feature. When I do that, I try to do it in a way that is respectful of whatever app invented it first or whatever, or whatever apps are out there that currently have it. Uh, and I try to do it in my own way. Like I go around, take screenshots of the other apps that have it. And I'm like, all right, let me just make sure I'm doing it in a way that doesn't look like a direct clone of somebody else. Or, you know, it doesn't take exactly their their name or icon for this thing if I, if I don't need to. Stuff like that, you know. Um, and, and, you know, it's important for me, like right, right before I launched Overcast, I changed the icon. Because there was another podcast app at the time called Instacast that had recently changed their icon into what I was about to launch as my icon. And I'm like, well, even though we both came upon this independently, uh, I can't do that. That's, that's I can't I can't launch a podcast app that has a very very similar icon to this other existing podcast app. So I changed the icon. No big deal. Like that's that's the kind of stuff you have to be aware of. Like if you know if you're if it looks like a direct copy of something else, you're in trouble. If you're bringing your own stuff to it from lots of different inspiration sources, and it doesn't look just like exactly like something else, you're probably in the clear. Yeah. And I think, too, this is an area where I would say that because it is the squishiest and the slightly like you'll know it when you see it kind of thing is it's a great place to get is wide of a diversity of opinions, you know, from people you trust and know if you if you aren't if you're in any way unsure as to like, is this a good idea? I think like it might be a good idea. I'm not sure. Is it a good idea? If you start asking yourself that question a lot, ask a bunch of people that you know and trust. And see if you get a consistent voice out of that or if you get like a variety of opinions, if you get different perspectives, because I feel like it is so easy to sometimes because you want something to be a certain way, you can start to rationalize it yourself. But when you have to explain it to someone else or someone else has to see it and look at what you're saying, it puts it in a very different light that can be very helpful and constructive in making sure that you're not missing something or overly just justifying you know, something that you want to believe but isn't actually how you really believe. That if someone else says those same words back to you, back to you, you know, from an outside perspective, sometimes it can sound very different. You're like, oh, no, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't do this. This is a bad idea. And I think the the world thing is also it brings up an interesting little area of of questionable behavior because world doesn't have an app like it's just a web page and there is no app in the app store and lots of people search for it in the app store which is why all those clone apps were able to get so many downloads and stuff and you could argue like well they're just addressing the demand that the creator didn't, doesn't address but in that case I you know that seems like a justification but in reality it's like that's that's the creator's prerogative to to take that you know with their name and their design and their app they can choose where to do it like just like you know no no one else is free to make an overcast clone called overcast on android just because i refuse to address that market you know like that's that's not it doesn't make it okay for someone else to do that same thing with it when this kind of context like just because you know if if you are like you know taking someone's videos that, that aren't on youtube and putting them on youtube on your own channel because they didn't address the youtube demand like that's that's still a violation. Like, you know, do, do your own thing, even if the creators of the thing that you're trying to copy uh, are not taking an opportunity. Yeah. And I think that's just that sense of it's like, that's 
that's just not available for you. It may be an, un- an unmet need, but it's not available for someone else to capitalize on. Just because it exists doesn't mean that it's available. Right. And so instead, like you know, the lesson there learned is like you know, if if I don't won't bring a, a good podcast app to Android, maybe there's a market for other good podcast apps on Android. And so like you know, create a good podcast app. Don't create Overcast. You know, if if exactly. this word game is exploding as just a web page and there's all this unaddressed demand on the App Store, you know what? Make a good word game on the App Store, and you'll and you have a good chance of success. Like that's what this shows you. Not copy this game with this name (laughs) that's that's a very different thing and i think the good place to close too is understanding even if you get through that sense of like this is an available idea it's something that's worth doing it's ethical it's moral it's moral it's legal it's all those things should you actually do it and i think the questions that i start asking myself about this is the sense of it's like do i have a unique opportunity or take on this idea and the key thing there is unique. Like, am I actually adding something that is truly unique into into this area? And if I do, then that's awesome. And if I if I don't, then maybe I sh- it's not actually worthwhile me doing. Um, is this going to be long term sustainable? And in that sense, what I mean is, it's I've spent a little bit of time in my career, in my whatever sixty apps I've launched, where sometimes I've been chasing after very narrow opportunities where things were potentially like. You know, adding an emoji keyboard um, when key- keyboards were a thing, and that like that app existed and had a had its like very brief moment in the sun, and then immediately was like Sherlock by Apple and fell apart. And it's like that did not have a long term sustainable model. And maybe you could make money in the short term with that, but I would say in general, if it's not long term sustainable, it's probably not worth it. Um, next question is like, is it actually interesting to you? Is this an app that you would enjoy making? Or are you making something purely because you think? like someone else will like it or it's like there's this market opportunity if you're not actually excited about it if you're not actually interested in it it's going to be really hard to be excited about and working on it on version 1.1 and version 2 um you're setting yourself up for a future of annoyance and frustration i think um and then lastly is understanding it's like if this succeeds is the if this is popular am i setting myself up and creating sort of liabilities for myself and like the things that come to mind for me with this is always does this involve user-generated content and it's like, if it does, am I willing to take on the responsibility of moderating, managing, dealing with all of what that means? That Run away. If I allow, yeah, it's like, just don't. And in general, it's like, it's probably not worthwhile. Like there's a really, there's a, there's a popular app right now called Locket, which is a, a widget app. So I was like, you know, very aware of it. And what it does is it lets you have a widget that you and someone else have like share a you, you sort of have a have a, a widget where you know someone else can put a photo into your widget, and the someone else could put a you know a photo into yours, and it's kind of a way that you know if you would imagine you know a, a couple to be able to you know to send these little pictures of each other to each you know as, throughout the day. I see that, and I'm like, that is a cool idea. Very you know, I can see, I can understand why it's popular. I don't want to go anywhere near that because I'm like transferring photos. You know, it's essentially like personal personal photos between between a two people and then having to navigate and manage the responsibility for that to some degree. And even if I do this in a way that I like, I don't have that data at all. Like there's a certain responsibility I'm taking on for myself. And so it's creating a liability. It's like, I just don't want to go near that. Yeah. And so (laughs) smart. (laughs) Yes. Like these are the questions you need to ask because you need to imagine not sort of the, it's like, like, will you be comfortable doing this at scale? If it is successful, if it does take off, like what are the implications of that? And would it still be worthwhile um, to do in that case? <laughs> Again, this is like what happens if this succeeds, right? Like, like what happens if if this takes off or even, you know, not only is it just like what happens if this explodes and gets number one in the app store, but just like what happens if this just has has moderate success and I have to maintain it over time to serve the customers? Like there's so many, you know, uh, 
loads that that can create on somebody and obligations like, hey, maybe publishing a magazine every two weeks forever is not a thing I'm going to enjoy doing. And, you know, and, and as you mentioned, like, is this even a business I want to be in if I succeed? Like, I can't tell you how many ideas I've had for like other content blocking methods and ways to make the web more tolerable. But you know what? I hate the modern web. And I would just, if I made an app that was like, make the web more tolerable, I would just, it'd be like, it would feel like janitorial work to me. It's like, you know what? Now every day I have a new pile of crap that the web has given me that I have to figure out how to deal with. And that's just like a, that's like a negative life for me. I I don't want that. Um, and there's, there's so many things like, you know, podcast hosting ideas or, or podcast tooling ideas that I've had where it'd be like, well, then, then my customers would be like people's you know fine workflow details or getting in the way of them and their money or like things that like i don't i don't want to be in that position <laughs> so it's yeah this is this is an area where it's hard to think this way when when you when you have like this great idea you want to do in your mind and that's really pushing you but it really does benefit a lot to be able to step back before you like plow forward with an idea to be like okay should i do this what will happen if this works? What position will I then be in? And am I going to want to, you know, deal with a certain type of thing forever or, or and not forever, but, you know, indefinitely into the future? Uh, am I going to want to have to do X, Y, Z every day or every week or every two weeks? Am I going to want to deal with the emails or legal problems this might bring on me, et cetera? And I think hopefully you can find opportunities that meet both of these things that are available and you know, you feel good about doing, they're worthwhile, that's going to create a long-term sustainable thing that you're going to enjoy and be interested in without a lot of negative negativity and bad and sort of bad, bad downside to it. And if you can, awesome, run with that, be excited about it and pursue it. And that's where I feel like you're going to be able to have the most satisfying um, work opportunity and sort of stay away from these, these sort, of, sort of these barbed wire fences on either side that like sometimes can look nice that there are opportunities there. Um, but going down there is inevitably just going to lead to a lot of conflict and difficulty and setting yourself up for hardship in the future. Yeah, just make a nice word game. People love them. Sure. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.